Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Hi, MJ. Hi, Marie. And hi, listeners. Welcome to the finale episode for this season of Dispatches from the Kardashian Simulacrum. Where we process our media theory takeaways and other hot takes from this week's Kardashian content. Yes, and this week's Kardashian content was the finale episode of the Kardashian season four. Yeah. Some... some interesting moments not much well let's pause to notice that we've said that about most episodes this season dude for sure i mean it's just like imagery it's all just imagery at this point but it's just connect like you say it's connective tissue so if we're in the business of like analyzing the kardashians for the sake of media literacy it's still there's nuggets there's nuggets there's text there's text But beyond that, I think for me, a revelation in this season of our conversations was that they are not actually asserting distinct value between their high or big or more what you would want to say are valuable storylines or images. And then the ones that are more casual, like things that maybe would have once been explosive in a tabloid headline are given as much space as some dumb shit that's just filler you know what I mean like they have accepted the premise that it's all a postmodern soup Mm -hmm. but like what do you think what am I trying to say like is that a consolate consolation is that the right word is that like them some is that like them compensating no accepting that or is that them like working with it in in hopes of benefiting from it I don't know. I'm just noticing it and I'm intrigued by it. And I don't have a, I don't have an answer yet, but I think it's something that is real and worth actually exploring because I think it speaks to a real truth, a bigger truth about media. Right. We're noticing. We're noticing. We're That's still in the noticing phase, but I, I, the fact that there's as much value on Kim starring an American horror story as there is on a stupid little fake storyline about Chris Jenner being bossy or whatever or right. the pseudo event of Scott's 40th birthday which we'll get into in this episode where it's a regal theme but it's like actually there was some real substance to Kim starring in American Horror Story just in the sense that the whole world kind of knew it was an assertion from her about like her plan to scale her image whereas mm-hmm. Scott's birthday doesn't really matter but as much space is being given to both scenes like you know what I mean like I think what you're honing in on is that every single parcel of imagery that's given is a medium for mm-hmm. some kind of information mm-hmm. so like 
in Scott's birthday, the function of that scene was really to remind you that Kim went from Canine Magazine to Vogue. Yeah, let's talk about that. So so let's go through and just sort of say what happened first. Okay, so we start with a birthday, kind of a weird, lonely birthday for Scott. Scott's turning 40. They, they theme the birthday around what his image what once was, Lord Disick. That was such a thing. He kind of like had a early on Kardashian sensibility by branding himself with like a tongue in cheek thing, like early keeping up with the Kardashians. I'm the Lord. I'm drunk. I'm it's this highbrow, lowbrow thing. And so they gave him a theme birthday. Right off the bat, it was, I mean, yes, it was a classic forced Kardashian party in their backyard, transforming the backyard into a world. And the party is really to create a scene for the show. I was struck, though, by the fact that, I mean, I think everyone is every time Scott is on screen, like how not okay he is. And they put a crown and a cape on him at one point. And the lack of energy, like the fact that he didn't keep it on, it was immediately, he took it right off. Old Scott would have like had a, made a bit with the ca- crown. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, I wonder if the behind the scenes was like Scott's not okay. Let's mm-hmm. put him on the season and like make him okay. I weirdly have the feeling that it's their way of taking care of Scott. And a way, and and you know, you know, we don't like to go too into this kind of speculation, but we're not seeing Rob because Rob is not okay. Rob can't handle it, and Rob is also a liability to the brand. On another side of the coin we're seeing Scott because Scott is part of the ensemble, part of the cast. We used to joke, you know, that Scott mm-hmm. was the MVP. Like he brought something very real to the table, but he also knew how to kind of MC things, play a Colo-esque mm-hmm. role in like moderating moments and bringing some creativity and freshness and like spice to moments. So I think their version of taking care of Scott is including him. I think they also heard all the audience feedback. People were like, where's Scott? Where's Rob? They brought Scott back. They're not going to bring Rob back, at least not anytime soon. And I, I had the feeling he felt cared about to be included in a scene because basically the, the point is he was so involved before that this is almost like bringing someone who does need help into the routine they once knew with you as a family. You know what I mean? Right, for sure. No, that's what I figured it probably was. It's like, mm-hmm. this is Scott's. Because Scott actually knows how to be part of the fabric so well, it's almost like a way to animate him and mm-hmm. activate him and get him to start, you know, proverbially working out again. Right, exactly. Yeah. Also, I've noticed in the past few episodes, maybe you have too, that like they keep, especially Chloe, talking about their ages, their decades, as though mm. their life, their lives do existentially switch with the switch of the age. So like she keeps being like, I'm jealous Scott's 40. Like my 30s were rough. Like I can't wait to be 40. Right. I do appreciate actually the way that they're reframing certain stigmas around age. Like obviously they're doing it in a self-serving way because they want to tell us age doesn't matter because if we accept that, then they can keep selling to us. But right. I actually have found again, as like a therapist, the same way There were eras in my work with people where the Kardashians were once referenced as figures of catharsis for eating disorders, Mm -hmm. which Gen Z would never be able to understand. Same with the aging. I've had people talk about how it actually does make the Kardashians are like reference points for why they don't have to be sad about aging, which is ironic Mm. because obviously they're making themselves ageless using surgeries and things we don't have, like the average person doesn't have access to and probably all kinds of like biohacking and shit. But like, nevertheless, that is a discourse. In the sense that mythology can guide people, it's that. It's like, oh, I've heard stories of 40-year-olds having a new law in life, and that is encouraging to me. Whether, you know, the mechanisms of that can be repeated 
in regular yeah. life, that's not really the point of a mythology. Great point. It kind of sums up their whole project, honestly, yes. because it's like the way they go about it is like underworld shit. But yes. like the stories they're telling are, you know, fun and flashy and memorable. People listen. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's actually the point, it, like the way a myth, a myth would work is that the details are kind of compressed into the impressionistic important takeaways and like the morals at the right. end, you know, right. and the archetypes that are driving these like little lessons. And so that there is a certain like myth of agelessness, if you set your mind to it, that's what's problematic in action and has fucked the masses up. But that's there's still things that people might want to take from it to find empowerment in or whatever. And so given that's how they're kind of operating about age, it's interesting that they're and then I think it like synthesizes with this like way that they must relate to space and time because they tell their stories seasonally. Mm-hmm. So this idea of like it all will change once I go from 39 to 40. You know what I mean? There's no actual like threshold. No, exactly. You don't wake up like with a different wiring in your brain or a different X, Y, or Z. But for them, it's like it'll usher in a new set of stories. Right. By force of will. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So you tell, why don't you talk a little bit about, well, first of all, the wild shit Kim said about look at where we are today, like looking around this table of people dressed up as kings and queens. Like we scam the system. Let's talk about it. So on the nose. So on the nose. People are obviously going to be talking about it. And I honestly think it's literally the function of that scene. Like yes. Scott's weird fake birthday. His kids weren't even there. That wasn't a real birthday. Yeah. That was at like somebody else's house. Like yeah. that was just a fun setting for a little nugget mm-hmm. to be reinforced of, wow, look where we are. Here's a few quotes. We scanned the system. And then Scott says, can you believe you did it? And she goes, I can't. It's crazy. We weren't the cool kids. Mm-hmm. Anytime they cut to some kind of B-roll, it's like you can know that 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 was the function of the scene. Yes. You know what I mean? And it's usually them offhandedly referencing something, which is kind of like brilliant as far as manipulating an audience because yes. it doesn't, you can't imagine that that would be the function of a scene that looks completely different. Yep. You know what I mean? But yes. like that totally was a function. So that it cuts to her being like, my first cover was Canine Magazine. Remember that, guys? And now here we are. She loves to reference the Canine Magazine. She did that with Paris Hilton too. It continues a theme of like moments that are supposed to be for other people, celebratory <laughs> moments for, that are supposed to be for other people that end up just being scenes about Kim and for Kim. To like move the Kim myth forward. Yeah. Totally. And Scott's a safe person to do that with because he has been there from the start and he's always willing to give her her flowers. He always for is. Sure. He's, he's been that. That's another Scott MVP kind of like function. Like I can't cite specific examples right now offhand, but like I believe Scott feels the true marvel of what they've done because he was there from literally like episode two, season one. Right. But like Scott also knows that he was instrumental to it. You know what I mean? It's kind of like a Mario or Chris, the hairdresser type of thing where it's like, no, there's pride in this. I help make this happen. Yeah. Also to that point of that scene existing at all so that Kim can say the things and reminiscing with Scott about where they started, where they are now. The fact is like when we say it's on the nose that they were not the cool kids, that they scammed the system. It's tough because it's she's situating herself still as an underdog. And it's hard to hear a billionaire view themselves as an underdog. Right. But it's, it's true that no one wanted Kim to be successful. People still don't want Kim to be successful. So she is saying what is true. For sure. So even though she is not actually a, an underdog technically anymore. 
So they got to where they are by not fighting the hate, which is something that everyone knows. But like, there's different mm-hmm. ways into like understanding what that means. Sometimes it's a recognition that hate means engagement, which means intention, which means capital. Sometimes it's also recognizing kind of that like the fact that they don't kick and scream against the negative narratives or against the underdog label it reflects like a self-awareness about their role that then they can work. I don't know. Well, why is there a power to that? Maybe that right. will help you answer that question. That, it, that something about being able to, to identify it, admit it, recognize it, and then remain resilient is more powerful than exhausting yourself fighting it and pretending it's not true. It's like sticks and stones mm-hmm. may break my bones vibes, you know, mm-hmm. like that makes you stronger. It kept her quick on her feet to keep moving forward. Yeah, she wasn't being like sucked in. It's like the age old thing of what you, what, you know, your mom says about the bullies. Right. You know, don't engage. You're better off. It's a, it is like a fable. It's another like fable. It's another part of the myth. And they tell us all the time that that's how they see it and how, that's how they do it. But they may be telling the truth in that sense, even though it gets into territory of like, well, be careful believing those like little, like, you know, moments of advice because it goes into American bootstrap sort of thinking. But also... Well, we're talking about the myth again of it. Yes, the myth of it. It's always been the age-old thing of like, ignore the bully, don't engage with the haters, you'll be happier, you'll be healthier, just keep on forward. Yeah. And it's not letting those energies like bring you down. I mean, it's just like simple at a certain point. And I guess the lesson in it too is like, maybe as consumers, it's better to like, not invest in underestimating people for your own emotions as consumers and be aware that like anything can happen. (laughs) Mm. You know what I mean? No, exactly. We can flip it to be conscious consumers where it's like, don't take the bait of every single piece of content that you're given. Yes. Basically what we're like honing in on, we've kind of like beaten a dead horse, but I think it's (laughs) because we're trying to figure it out ourselves. Yes. I think it just is, is intriguing to us because it's like words to live by in the digital age. Yeah. They are icons of ignoring the haters. Oh my gosh, correct. And also, it just made me think a little bit more about like why Kim chose the word we scammed the system rather than hacked the system. Because what I would say is they hacked the system with these things, with with employing like a sticks and stones approach, mm-hmm. committing to the underdog role rather than fighting it, all of that. That's hacking. That's like a larger view. That's a very narrative view of media. That's a very like high level view of how it would work to kind of rise in the ranks of all this. And very Mr. Robot. It is very. And so I guess scam is a interchangeable word, I suppose to hack, to hacked, but I feel like there's also still like an underdog connotation to scam or something. Right. Or there's like that whole, you know, the past few years of like girl boss scammers, like you they're careful with their words. Yeah. Hacking requires education. Yes. Formal education. No, scamming is more Scamming requires street smarts, which, yes. I mean, in reality, there's no more or less dignity to those things, but it's like... No, the connotations. There's class and gender connotations with scamming versus hacking. For sure. <gasps> wow. Oh. Semiotics. Crazy. Okay. So next we see Chris, Courtney, Chloe on a tour bus going to San Diego for a Blink-182 concert, and it is Chris's 
first time seeing Blink-182 in concert as it is Chloe's? A few things. I The whole thing was like, Chris is miffed because Courtney like wants to go forth with all these narratives, these storylines without basically checking with her. Like she puts up the Travis I'm pregnant poster without notifying Chris. She plans a last minute gender reveal without telling Chris. So like, that's like the, the tension, but it's also like Chris, like being like kind of like an older lady on a tour bus and being like, <laughs> in, like giving, telling the driver, like, I'm confused why we're going here instead of there. And Chris's vibes were funny. We saw touches of Chris and Chloe as big and little Edie on the bus. Like, we saw For how sure. Chloe's an MVP in terms of just being chill when everyone else, there's a lot of like personalities and egos between Courtney and Chris. Ultimately, it was just like, yay, they went to the concert, whatever. Chris is being kind of like a meddling older mom mm-hmm. in certain scenes. And then once they get to the house they're going to stay at for the party, they have like a whole a mother-daughter trio talk. Oh, yeah. Courtney does all this therapy speak about generational trauma. Right. When they're sitting and talking about generational trauma and Courtney is like definitely like triggering and annoying everyone with like her kind of like righteous therapy speak, she shares an anecdote of like – I don't remember if it was a meme or a tweet – that I remember seeing it too. It was very viral about like, isn't it crazy that like your eggs were already in you when your mom carried you. So like, you're just like some egg thing that's like really nauseating. <laughs> Every everyone, all the responses to it were like, you. It had an effect if it made its way to Kourtney Kardashian. It's so funny because like, I'm pretty sure. I think I don't know for sure that this like egg thing that she was telling Chris and Chloe about is scientifically inaccurate or not i think i sent it to you isn't it true that you have all the eggs you're gonna have in you upon birth i feel like that part's true but maybe like some of the other shit she was saying wasn't true so the eggs don't like regenerate no i think you kind of like have them i think that's like the reason you gotta like freeze them um that makes me want to throw up actually I, I now i remember why that tweet hit everyone so hard i don't i didn't i don't think i understood it's kind of sad we don't know anything about our own bodies but no, that is really insane. That shit's by design. Basically, okay, so Courtney's sharing the anecdote of this like kind of nauseating meme about eggs being a baby in your mom's tummy with eggs, whatever. And it's funny to see that it got through to her because it was like a very like viral thing. But what I found to be poignant about it beyond the fact that the power of the internet and the dissemination of information, no pun intended. Oh my God, literally. <laughs> <laughs> is that... It spoke to the Kardashian matriarchy. What she's mapping out with this, like, kind of like maybe scientifically imprecise meme, mm-hmm. is what we are seeing with the begetting of female power mm-hmm. through motherhood and the Kardashian clan. For sure. I mean, it was kind of like we're tackling this postmodern phase that we're in as the Kardashians, and it's time to get into the like psychoanalytic framework of it. Yes. Yes. Actually, okay, wait. And- Maybe I spoke. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Too soon. See, I bet it pleased everyone to hear me say that Courtney shared a scientifically inaccurate meme about eggs, but I'm looking at it right now. July 1st, 2022. So Scientific American put this out. They found a study. It suggested that trauma might have affected the mother's eggs decades before her children were conceived while she herself was a child. So there is like obviously genetic inheritance in eggs and sperm. And so sometimes there's an idea that before conception, trauma can influence the uterine environment. So yeah, like the egg thing might be like kind of real. So how about that? Underdogs. We were like, it's dumb because it came from a Kardashian and because it came from a meme. But it's true. I mean, I wonder if like when she says stuff like that, if they do actually have to fact check that. Yeah, that's interesting. In order to like, what are the like liabilities there for them? If somebody, Mm. if a Kardashian is like on the show, Mm. just casually talking about a TikTok they saw, do they have to like fact check that? The producers? I mean, not not legally, but you would like, I mean, it is interesting to consider the possibility that they are, well, yeah, it's the question of, we know that the Kardashians are propagandists, but- Right. What but are the limits? That's what I'm asking. Into, into misinformation or disinformation. And they're like skewing the truth a lot, but it is just an entertainment show. So like, what's their responsibility? Well, think about it. There was like literally like a reference to a TikTok it just, it, this was not uttered by a Kardashian, but like, wasn't there a makeup artist that was like, oh yeah, what was it? The moon cycles, something about the moon cycles and dude, I don't fucking know, but it definitely was pseudoscience too. <laughs> okay. So the other thing I'll say about the, this storyline is like, you know, the whole gang going to another Blink concert and the kind of like proximity to the coolness of Blink-182. Courtney's like in a, you know, she's like a backstage mom now mm-hmm. you know and they're all putting on their like concert t-shirts to support travis it it has like echoes of kanye you know mm-hmm. they love taking the show to his to his fashion shows and his concerts and they really know how to leverage proximity to like a, a music tour or icon mm-hmm. for sure and i wonder if they would be even leveraging it more if Courtney didn't have this like desire for boundaries from the family or if they also they're now in this new phase of like again everything is kind of like more soupy I know I keep making that metaphor but it's just the only it's the best one I have like whereas before it was like Kanye is driving this like we're here we're muses Kanye's your tour and like that's the storyline now it's kind of like hodgepodge of imagery right for sure and everyone's taken on a little a little piece of the archetypes like they're making him into the visionary kind mm-hmm. of now and courtney's got the music boyfriend but she's also the like critic proxy like i mm-hmm. don't know it's yeah it's all soup now exactly 
Okay. So that was the concert. Then we get to American Horror Story. I think it's interesting that they didn't explicitly say this, but if you've watched American Horror Story, they show the BTS of the scene that's supposed to be like Kim's Marilyn dress moment at the Met. That's what I thought I was seeing. Yeah. But more importantly, there is a confessional where the producer's like, Kim, why did you sign up for American Horror Story? And Kim goes, because it's iconic and I love to do iconic shit. Mm-hmm. So talk about on the nose. Mm-hmm. Talk about summing it right up for yeah. us. But that's funny. That's why it's interesting and significant that they never say the why. Kim is on the nose. Yeah, I love to do iconic shit. Why do you like to do iconic shit, Kim? Why do you keep opening yes. fucking businesses and doing partnerships and breaking frontiers and all of that? Like the why is the big question. There has to be some kind of paradox. Like I'm sure there's an existing paradox in philosophy. You know, like when you're not allowed to like answer a question with like the same words from the question and the answer kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like that. Well, I think it's just kind of like no one's going to say outright it's for power. Right. <laughs> Especially as a woman. And why can't we say that? What's scary? What's edgy? What's alienating about owning the wish to have power, to hoard power? Power is crazy. When you really like confront the idea that it's all about power for everyone, when for the bad things in the world, it's crazy. Yes. No, it's really, really crazy. It's woey, woey, crazy. And it's everything. It's, it is the so what. I always go back to this English teacher I had in 11th grade. And he's like, whenever you're writing an essay, always return to the question, so what? Okay, you made your assertion, but so what? Like, why do we care? Mm -hmm. And power is like the so what of fucking life, dude. And so Mm -hmm. that's what's like so can't look away about the Kardashians. That's the engine of it. Like, what would happen if Kim was like, oh, yeah, like iconic shit matters because then there's power. What would happen? She might, honestly, dude, because they weren't always putting so on the nose. They're, they've always been like, it's all there. We, we do it on face value. Right. I think that's true. But the bigger it's gotten and the more they really name it because there's more to name of like the different things they do. So that could be next that she's like, oh, I like power. Then fucking what? You know what I mean? At a certain point, it's kind of like the soup thing again. Yes. It's like the Cardi being on skims and then a week later, the soccer players it's like the the government saying aliens are real it's like and no one batted an eye Mm -hmm. maybe would no one would care maybe it would just be like a little moment on the internet the the courtney storyline the dolce and gabbana fight which like felt pretty was like this no no no. we don't know what it felt like we don't know if it was real a revelation of some real like rupture in the fabric of the family or if it was a stage thing that alone but the fact that in that fight was courtney being like why are you doing it why are you doing all this she just wants power. They have a, they have someone in the family saying that it's about power. Right. But it, I guess it's up to Kim herself to say And yeah, maybe it would be nothing. I don't know if they'll ever say it though because it's just like Kris Jenner's masterclass that one time. It's like obviously she's not going to actually give you a peek behind the curtain. Like they do the it in these like interesting – yeah, they're doing it more and more. Well, I don't know. And Kim is a politician at heart and so if she wants that option – and I'm not yeah, here to like, I'm always being careful of this. I'm not here to say Kim will run for president. But what I'm very much willing to say is I think they want to keep that avenue open and see if it, if they're, these choices lead them to it. And 
she can't she can't be on record being like i'm chasing power if she wants to be you know get the american vote you know or does she i don't know i mean trump was literally like i thought it'd be fun and that worked so who knows there's like an ugliness associated with power maybe across the board Mm -hmm. and to admit that you have it or to to name that you want it it's very voldemort well it kind of makes you into a villain then yeah so it's easier to be like I want to learn new things. Mm-hmm. It's like power. That's the thing about power. It's slippery. Foucault. Foucault, <laughs> Foucault anyone? But it's true. Like it can be packaged, repackaged. It can be taken away. It can be given out. It can mm-hmm. be, you know what I mean? So it's like, it doesn't actually mean much or do much to like say that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I think the reason it's hard to pinpoint right now is because it's like any of these existential concepts, they're hard to grasp at a certain point. They're hard to like take with your hands and look at. Love, death, power. Yes. Life itself, existence, like all that shit. You can think about it forever and ever, but then you're going to get confused at a certain point. Which is the purpose of myth. Is that what you're going to say? Well, I was going to say that power doesn't actually mean anything unless it's mapped onto something. I think that's why when you reduce it to power, it is the so what, but it's also not anything unless it's attached to a system or a dynamic. It's relational. Its existence is contingent on affecting or something. Mm -hmm. That is also the function of myth-making. To compress these big ideas and teach us things about power, love, or death, basically. Literally. Wow. So. Let's talk about the fact that David Lynch's daughter. Mm-hmm. What's her name? Jennifer Lynch. Jennifer Lynch directed this episode, the episode of American Horror Story we see on the show. I was wondering if they chose that one to have to do BTS for Kim because it was directed. I mean. They chose to include it in the precious time on the show when they are really giving us canned introductions to their scenes or canned takeaways. The fact that like two sentences were given to, it was directed by Jennifer Lynch. She's the daughter of a big director, David, who's amazing, or whatever she said about David Lynch. Amazing. Felt significant. I think it's just another little nugget of like showing like how relational media making is, nepotism, proximity to David Lynch. This is the first time there's been direct proximity between the Kardashians and David Lynch that I wasn't the one making. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Who knows? I mean, we could look back and look at the director who directed all the episodes. Maybe it's just the most notable. Yeah. With the most proximity to kind of legitimate filmmaking. Yes, exactly. And Jennifer Lynch is an interesting case study because she, you know, wanted to be a director. She was at 19. She made a movie Mm -hmm. that people hated. It was like a body horror movie called boxing helena or unboxing helena i think boxing helena i think not unboxing that's a very it seems very modern <laughs> yeah it seems very kardashified and it did so terribly it oh, was no. made fun of it was like almost iconically a fail and it's so sad because she was so young she was like you know probably trying to follow in her dad's footsteps and that's already so precarious for a woman to do mm-hmm. jennifer lynch is an interesting story contrasted to the kardashians and their Mm -hmm. story of like following in their dad's footsteps but more doing it bigger more epically Mm -hmm. what would he think and like the fact that like because he was kind of martyred in this like way in their myth like they had the freedom to not be in their his shadow though Mm -hmm. they did their own so it's beyond the thrill of like lynchian vibes meets kardashian vibes like for us it it just it's an interesting yeah it's a good encounter oh yeah no and then and then yeah finally cheyenne one of my best friends in the whole wide world deserves credit because me and Michelle always talk about how 
we think Kim is being queued up to be the next Kris Jenner, but she's always said, I think it's going to be Chloe. And mm-hmm. sure enough, when Chloe and Chris visit the good American brick and mortar, Chloe says, I can't wait to be Kris Jenner one day. So Cheyenne's reasoning was sort of like, Kim is going to perhaps play more of like a postmodern Robert Sr. role. Right. And Cheyenne's idea was like, as you can see, Chloe kind of being like almost like the family manager in that way. Kim might just like completely go off and do her own thing. And then maybe, maybe Chloe will be the new Kris Jenner mm-hmm. ushering in the new generations. Right. Well, Chloe is more dynamic and, and connected to everybody. I, I do think it's true that Kim and Courtney don't really hang out that much. So Chloe is plugged in with each and every one and she's connected to all the kids clearly. And so it would be kind of like Kim's president, but Chloe's like Chris, which is right. we're going to one day want to look back and like really study the way they breadcrumbed the departure of Chris, which is still many years away, I think. But they have to start now. And that's where they're really savvy is starting things way, way in advance. I was even thinking about the fact that this uh, quick shout out to Chloe's storyline in this episode, which was that she opened her Good American store at, it was it Century, like some iconic mall in LA. Yeah. But I was kind of like, damn, like we know all of their brands as e-commerce. That's how they really started. And on one hand, all these brands grew very quickly for mm-hmm. any brand, especially Skims. But on the other hand, they didn't jump in being like, we want to open retail stores. Like here's a Kardashian retail store and this mall coming to you soon. It's been like, you like us? Cool, buy it online. You're mostly buying shit online anyway, guys. And then they really like, I think, slow drip the openings of like brick and mortar. Which is funny because they started with brick and mortar with Dash. With Dash and yeah, they tested it in Vegas. They had that Kardashian chaos in Vegas in like 2011 or something. But then I think they were savvy to not push it until like accept the state of business today, which is online. Yeah. And then I would say actually the MPC of the episode were probably all of the good American. The good American girlies. Yes, maybe. Or Simon being scared at Courtney's Dude. gender reveal. Just always, always Simon being scared. Branding himself as a gunkle, being like, okay, that's my thing. I mean, he took a risk saying basically that Penelope's his favorite. It's like yep. when you're in the yes man position, you don't specify preference. So wow, like he went for it. That, you know what? That does make him NPC of the episode. Yeah, Simon's the NPC of the episode. He went for it. Yeah, or Jennifer Lynch, I guess. But not really an NPC because she was contributing to image production. Right. Yeah, Simon. I mean, that's perfect. For the finale episode, it's Simon. It's always been Simon. (laughs) Oh, one more final thing I'll say. When they're, because they're doing their remarks at the end of the season, like Kendall had a bad year, Kylie had a good year, blah, blah, blah. And then they ask him about her singleness. And she's Mm. like, I'm good being single and just working. And I found this to be interesting because I think it brings us back to all the analyses that surrounded the Pete Davidson relationship. Mm. And it's so true, like whether that was real or fake or whatever the fuck that was. Coming out of a marriage, Kim needed a rebound. She needed mm-hmm. one safe, like like with a boyish guy like Pete that like would keep her looking young and current. I mean, they made sure that Chris had Corey quite quickly after her divorce from Caitlyn. Like that is a strategy mm-hmm. they do of like a, a good rebound to give it a soft landing. There's something that they protect against in t- terms of how women are viewed with in relation to men and the need mm-hmm. for men for their images. And now I think they feel that they've buffered her well enough. I bet they're going to let her be single for a while and be the girl boss that she had to like kind of cushion herself to be. Right. Now she gets to be it. They also like, I remember they drilled into our head. She's like, I want to try to stay single for two years. And then the producer's like, so it's been a year. How are you feeling? So now we have this like timeline of like, okay, one more year. It buys her that time. I I really kind of think that probably Kim's not, looking really for like I think she probably wants to get to just work yeah 
Somebody at a party the other night was asking like something about rumors that like Kim's asexual. And I was like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what that's. I've never heard that. But I will say at this point, there's probably something, some kind of approximation of asexuality within her. Like how when your body is everyone else's. Yeah. What does that do to your own sexuality? Yes. Well, and sexuality is so I mean, we're talking theoretically right now, not like in a real psychoanalytic way, but sexuality and the formation of like an intersexual life is so much about playing with the boundaries between the private and the public. And like who you are inside, who you are deep, deep down inside, what you, how you're moving through the world. Again, like what the thresholds are of like the inner self, the outer self, the present, the presentation of identity, all these things. And so I think you can like go two ways, become really. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. really kinky in your mind right <laughs> or or kind of like numb it out or, or like kind of like be emptied of it and and not really have much left of that vitality or that like those anxieties and tensions required to like basically have a sexuality and like get off and like because right. you need tension you need containment sometimes in certain ways and mm -hmm. yeah it's all like public now at the same time I also think sometimes when you are like a workaholic or you're getting some sort of like, satisfaction from like driving your vitality in one direction mm. that like sexuality kind of drains because it's just like your aggression, your desire, your grit, it's going towards like you're getting, you're getting release out of the like successes. Right. In this framework, I'm not going to parasocially speculate, but in this framework of what happens to sexuality in the context of like a completely public life and a workaholic life, it would track that maybe someone would disconnect from their need for a partner or their drive for sexuality, whether that's healthy or not. Right. Was that like a diplomatic way to say it? Yeah. And on that note, if I don't, I see, don't see you, you can finish the rest. <laughs> good afternoon, good evening, and good night. It's been great, you guys. And I know we ruffle some feathers doing this shit, but... But that's what you're going to get when you're talking about the crazy Kardashians, am I right? <laughs> for sure we'll see when probably sooner than we necessarily are ready for they're gonna come back with season what the fuck five yeah yeah which is technically the last season in this installment of the hulu show right yes but they they, they announced at some point in the big soup of it all that they are like we just signed on for more like an extra season and a half or something and so i don't know what that means i don't know if it's going to be like there's going to be season 6.5 after five or what but i mean this is not ever going to end i mean that's how it ends it ends with chris jenner being like oh there's more of us to come okay well on that note <laughs> goodbye everybody we'll see you whenever they start up again yeah that's right <laughs>